0: joy as we continue to walk through the I will uh, sermon series Uh, we have been walking through the book of Psalms and today we are again in Psalms 40 we've seen several things as we have walked through the progression of Psalms we have seen number one that David was willing to wait on the Lord we saw that he was willing to worship God and praise him regardless of whatever was happening happening then last week we talked that we saw that David was willing to give he wanted to give it all to God to give it all I will wait I will worship I will give and today I want us to talk about the next thing that David laid out in Psalms here it is in Psalms he says I will share said I will give to God but I will share what God has given me with others when you look at this dynamic I was talking this week with the, some of the guys in our sermon prep time and You know, some of the younger people in the in the sermon prep time there were kind of mentoring and walking through the gospel with them. And I was sharing with them that the Bible just is its own outline. He just lays it out. I mean, it always you know, you don't have to run all over the pages hunting and finding uh, supportive scriptures. Pretty much every book except Proverbs. It just point after point after point. And this passage of scripture We see that that's exactly what happened. David was waiting. David was worshiping. David was giving. And today David was sharing. Here's what he says in the book of Psalms, chapter 40, and verse 9. He says, I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness. Point number one. In all the great assembly to everybody around me indeed i do I did not restrain my lips. nothing was holding me back, O oh Lord, you yourself know that I have not hidden, I have not failed to share of your righteousness. point number two, with all of my heart, not reluctantly, but I have declared your faithfulness, point number three and your salvation point number four and i have not concealed your loving kindness nor your truth for the great assembly david says everywhere i've gone everywhere i could get a crowd whether it was a large crowd or one-on-one i was telling of your great love see david found himself in psalms 40 in chapter one finding himself in this horrible pit The thing about the pit that is interesting is that many, many roads lead to the same pit, and this passage of scripture, the interesting dynamic is this, that you may be in a pit of despair, you may be in a pit of depression, but I want you to know that many roads lead to the same place. There's many ways into the pit, but there's only one way out, and it's through Jesus Christ. When you find yourself in a pit, we looked at the first sermon, we talked about the first thing to do is just quit digging. You're not going to find your way out through the bottom, but there's only one way out, it's through the top. We talked about in the pit, that you can turn in a circle in the pit, and as you go 360 degrees, everything inside the pit looks the same. The only view that is different inside the pit is the one when you're looking up. Because the only way out is up. And here's what David said in Psalms 40 and one. I waited patiently on the Lord. He inclined his ear to me. He heard my cry and he delivered me from the horrible pit. This Psalms 40 is actually two different pits. One could be the pit of your own making and the other could be the pit that someone else places you in. And when you think about this, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but The pit is the pit, and David found himself delivered from that pit on a pathway, and everywhere he was going, he was telling the story. He was telling the story. He was seeing God anew each and every day. Can I ask you a question here? Would you mind answering this, just writing the answer down in your notes there? Are you seeing God new every day? Or is your relationship with him kind of like leftovers? I mean, are you seeing God present himself to you in new ways and new ideas and new fashion? This week, there were several people that I've talked to just about their time of prayer and fasting, and man, they were on top of the world because they were saying, here's what God said to me. Here's what God spoke to me. Here's what God is doing in my heart, in my life. I got a word from God. Man, they was like, unbelievable. You know, that's how God wants our relationship to be with him all the time, all the time where he's speaking to us and we're speaking to him and we have that intimacy with God, that communion with God. God wants to answer our prayers all the time. And when you begin to realize that you're seeing God new every day, I want you to understand it doesn't matter what's coming against you, though all hell assail you, when you are seeing God, he is greater than Your greatest fear. You remember the story of the disciples when they were out on the little uh, Sea of Galilee and they were traveling there and a storm came and they were about to go down and some were trying to hold the vessel still and others were bailing water out. And here comes Jesus walking on the water. The interesting thing is that what was causing the storm in their life was that it was about to overtake them but what was causing the storm in their life was under the feet of Jesus Christ you know what else is interesting about that is that Jesus didn't snap his fingers and pick their little fishing boat up out of the water and transport them to another lake or another body of water where there was no wind and there was no waves and there was no storms uh, a galing force winds coming against them no he did not but he went right in the middle of their storm, and he got in the storm with them. Do you hear me today, church? Jesus descended into the storm. I don't care what's going on in your life today. I want you to know that you have a God that loves you. You have a God that designs you. You have a God who has his eye on you. And regardless if it's gale force winds, if the waves are white capping, I want you to know that Jesus Christ wants to walk right out into your life, right where you are, and and begin to move in a miraculous way, and that's what David was saying. You know the interesting thing is when you begin to talk to people about their relationship with Christ, most of it is past tense. For the majority of the believers, you can find out where a person is with Christ real quickly. when you start asking them, well, what has God done in your life, and they've got to go back some ten years, some five years some one year, some 30 years, to get a fresh word from God. Listen, his mercies are new every day. God loves you. God cares for you. God desires to move in your life right where you are. And David said, I am seeing God new every day. And you know what? I can't help but tell about it. I can't help but tell about it. The first thing he said, I ask you to underline it there in verse 9. I will share of God's righteousness. That David found himself in Psalms 40 in a pit that he had made. And the righteousness of God did not judge him, condemn him, and leave him to die. But it delivered him. That we might be made right with God. Righteousness, that we might be made right with the one true and holy God. The thing that we are, 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 are missing more and more and more and more is the dynamic of righteousness. The dynamic of righteousness. As we look at this, we begin to realize that the righteousness of God is at the heart of the Bible. That God, God always does what's right. He always does what's right. You will never see God veering off into the gray area. You will never see God convict, conflicted about truth righteousness and holiness you see in david david in the book of romans paul wrote this 66 times in one book he wrote about the righteousness of god David in Psalms 40, years before the Apostle Paul, wrote about the righteousness of God. When he was fleeing from Saul who wanted to kill him, he found God's righteousness. When he was prospering as a king, he found God's righteousness. When he was disobedient and committing adultery and numbering the children of Israel, he found God's righteousness. During his peaceful years, he found god's righteousness the apostle paul also writing to the baby church of philippi in chapter 4 and verse 8 puts it this way finally brethren whatsoever is true whatsoever things are honest whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are of good report i there by any virtue will meditate on these things that give praise and honor and glory to god Today, what God is saying to us, what David is saying in Psalms 40, is that when I found myself in that pit, there was only one view that offered any hope. And it was a vertical view. It was a vertical view. You remember we talked about this in worship, in the sermon on worship, that most people spend all of their time in their worship dynamic in the horizontal realm. They place their worship and their experience on what's happening around us. You know, what does the music sound like? What is the songs we're singing? What are people doing in the building? They place their relationship with God in the horizontal dimension. But sometimes, sometimes God loves us so much that he may send us to a pit so that we have to look up, so that we have to look to him. David, the psalmist, wrote it this way, I will lift my eyes unto the heels from which my help comes from. I will look upward. And my friends today, as everything in the world seems to be growing strangely and and quickly more immoral and more less righteous day by day by day. One of the darkest times in our nation was just recently some of the darkest times since Roe versus Wade when the abortion law came about. Is it just recently our senators and people in Washington voted against late term abortion? You know, when you think about this that a mother has a right to go in at a late term and abort her baby and there be nothing wrong with it. But yet if that same mother was driving to the abortion clinic and was in a wreck and somebody killed her, the person who ran over her or killed her could be charged with a double homicide but yet she could be on her way to the abortion clinic. Abort. I mean, we have reached a place where righteousness is nowhere around, but I want you to understand something today. Don't put your eyes on the horizontal realm. Keep them on the vertical realm, because regardless of what the world does, regardless of what your congressmen and your senators and your president and all the people in the world around us, regardless of what kings and princes and rulers and parliaments do, I want you to know that God's on his throne and God loves us with a faithful righteousness. And David said, I want you to understand something in Psalms 40. I will tell of his righteousness. That when I was sinful, that his righteousness came to me. That he didn't judge me. He didn't sentence me to die. But he gave me a hope and a promise that he was my great deliverer. You see, David understood the vertical dimension, which helped him in the horizontal dimension. When David writes in Psalms 40, and I read this, it's almost like David was seeing God for the first time. When you read Psalms 40, it was like he was seeing God for the first time. You know, what's interesting about that is that David knew miracle after miracle after miracle. Matter of fact, when Saul asked him, What makes you qualified to go and fight Goliath? he gave a resume. Of the power of God on his life as a teenager. David knew what the power of God was like on a young boy's life. On a teenager's life. On a young adult's life. On the life of a middle age. But when he writes in Psalms 40. From the being delivered out of the horrible pit. Pulled out of the miry clay. It's, he writes this as like he's seeing God for the first time. How long has it been since you were so deeply connected with God? That it was like you saw him for the first time in your life. The interesting thing about this is that David says many will see it. Many will see it and know it. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army used to say it this way. If the church was on fire for God, people would come from miles around just to watch it burn. You see, if we had the passion of the righteousness of God. Not super spiritual. I'm better than you mentality. Not a, a mentality of legalism, but a mentality of grace it says, not a cheap grace. It says you can tiptoe around and live however you want and God's gonna love you and I'm gonna get in on this thing called corporate salvation. And if I just attach myself to a group of believers, I'm gonna be I'm gonna go to heaven. I'm not talking about that cheap grace, but I'm talking about grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt and meets us right where we are. You see, David said, I'll share of his righteousness. But in verse 10, he says, I will share of God's faithfulness, of the faithfulness of God. I have declared your faithfulness, your faithfulness, your faithfulness. The old hymn writer said, great is thy faithfulness. O God almighty, there is no shadow or of even a turning with thee. Last week, I talked a little bit about our vacation trip to Yellowstone and the great Geismer there. And I was reminded about Old Faithful. Old Faithful has been spewing since before time began, I guess. But the interesting dynamic is that it is so faithful that you can set your watch to it. And people come from all over the world To watch that faithful spewing of that large tower of water that comes out of the ground. So much that there's a board there that says it'll spew it this time, this time, this time. That way you have time to go in the gift shop and buy bracelets that'll break. You have plenty of time to go and do that and come back. You can set your watch to it. It is so faithful. But I am telling you, there is one that has created something like that. And it is God. He is reliable. He is sufficient. He is the one true God who is in all and through all and by whom all exists. I love that verse in the New Testament that says, "Even when I am faithless, you remain faith." David says, Not only will I share of your righteousness and your faithfulness, but I will share of your salvation. Look here in verse 10. He says, You are the one who delivered me. You are the one, and I will not conceal it. I will tell about the goodness and the mercy. I will tell that I was sinking deep in sin, but I will tell that it was you who saved me, not anybody else, God. You saved me. My friends, today, some of us have been a Christian for so long that we've got over it. That We forgot what it was like to be in that horrible pit. We forgot what it was like to be in the miry clay. And we have got over it because we are not seeing God new every day. David said, I will share. For anybody who will listen, I will share of God's righteousness. For anybody who will listen, I will share of his faithfulness. For anybody who will listen, I will share of his salvation. And for anybody who will listen, I will share of his loving kindness. Look again at verse 10 right there. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly, from everybody I come in contact with. When you think about that, David was saying it is all truth. That I am sharing. I am sharing about your truth. I am sharing about it. I am sharing about the loving kindness. And that truth my friend. I was thinking about this and studying for this. And it immediately came to my mind as a child. We would sing an old song that said. From sinking sand. He lifted me. With tender hands. He lifted me. From shades of night to plains of light, oh, praise his name, he lifted me. In loving kindness, Jesus came by soul and mercy to reclaim. And from the depths of sin and shame, through grace, He lifted me. From sinking sand, He lifted me. With tender hands, He lifted me. From the shades of night to the plains of light, He lifted me. Today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I want you to know that it is the loving kindness of God. It is the mercy of God that is chasing after you. As one old country preacher said, surely it's the hound dogs of heaven that are chasing after you and he named them surely goodness and surely mercy and David said surely goodness and surely mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever not because I was a good boy not because I never did anything wrong no I knew how to do everything wrong sometimes but when I could do everything right God loved me when I could do everything wrong God loved me and my friends today I want you to know no matter what sin you are caught up in No matter what you may have done I want you to realize that the power of God The mercy of God The righteousness of God The faithfulness of God The truth of God The loving kindness of God Will dwell over you Will reside in you If you will throw your hands up in the air And quit looking horizontally at the church And start looking vertically to Jesus Christ The author and finisher of our faith When you look horizontal you need antidepressants. When you look vertically, the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Today, there's two things I want to ask you. Have you experienced that kind of loving kindness? Have you experienced that kind of righteousness? Have you experienced that kind of faithfulness? Have you experienced that? If not today, I want to beg you, throw your hands up in the air and say, God, I'm tired. I'm done. I've grown weary in trying to fix it myself. Lord, Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to you I cling. Have you experienced that? Have you experienced that? Please today I exhort you to experience it. My second question is this. If you have experienced it, are you sharing it? Are you sharing it? Or are you too timid? I'm not talking about carrying your big Bible to church, carrying your big Bible to work, carrying your big Bible to the ballpark and telling people you either need to turn or burn, get right or get left. I'm not talking about that kind of sharing. I'm talking about sitting on a bench in a park Sitting on a bench at the ball game, sitting at a lunch table, sitting in a boardroom, leaning over and saying, Can I tell you? Can I tell you what God did for me this week? Can I, or, can I just tell you? Can I, can I just tell you what happened in my life this week? Maybe you want to share about the time you were doubting God, and he was still faithful. Maybe you want to share about the time you were angry with God, and he was still faithful. Maybe you want to share about the time you had given up on God, but he showed himself to still be faithful. Maybe you want to share about the time that you really second-guessed his plan for your life, but he was still faithful. Maybe you want to share about the time that he delivered you, that he was victorious. In your life. I was reading this book one time. Called Soul Chasers by Dr. Jerry Spencer. And he told the story of. I think it was Vance Havner who was in London. And he was just finished preaching a meeting and he was going to catch a train and go to the next town where he was going to be preaching. And this little boy approached him. Dirty little boy, had on some overalls. and He was hungry. And he said, Mr. He said, can I have a few dollars for some food? I'm so, so hungry. Can I have a little money to buy something to eat? And the preacher said, well, he looked at his watch and he didn't have a whole lot of time. But he said, you know what? I'll tell you what, come on. So he hurried into a little cafe there and he said, he said, get whatever you want. Just put it on your tray, get whatever you want. The little boy went through the line getting his meal and the dessert and a big old glass of milk and he went and sat down and he went he was sitting there looking at the food and the preacher blessed the food and afterwards the little boy was just gazing upon his platter and would not touch it he would not touch it finally the preacher said come on man eat, eat your food i got to go i got to catch the train i'll miss the train i'll miss the meeting and he looked up at him and he was crying His tears had cleaned the streaks down both sides of his cheek where the dirt was once there. He said, what's wrong? I thought you were hungry. He said, well, he said, I just can't bring myself to eat this food knowing my best friend is so hungry. And he said, well, do you know where he's at? He said, yes, sir. He said, well, go and get him. So that little boy took off, went and got his friend, got him a plate and came back. The two of them cleaned their plate and gulped down the milk. But that little boy said, I can't bring myself to be comfortable with this meal knowing that my little friend is just so hungry. Today as we go to church after church, building after building, small churches, mega churches, all of them in between. I believe we look over this empty seat so much. And we have become complacent with feeding ourselves every week of the mercies of God. But we have forgot about the 80,000 people within 10 minutes of this building. who either do not have a relationship with Christ or were so hurt by the bride of Christ that they don't want anything to do with the church anymore. And we assemble week after week and look upon people, pass them by, see them in the bus stops, see them on the sidewalks, see them across the aisle from our cubicle, from our office and they're hurting they're hurting their spouses may have walked out on them their children may be addicted to drugs a child may have come home pregnant out of wedlock may have come home and said dad I'm attracted to the same gender and they're so overwhelmed with despair and they're looking for somebody to tell of the loving kindness to tell that his mercies are new every day would you be the Would you be the one to say, you know what, it makes me uncomfortable, but I'm going to live differently this year. I'm going to make some phone calls. I'm going to write some letters. I'm going to knock on some doors. I'm going to make a difference for the glory of God. You see, my friends, you're not responsible for the outcome. You're only responsible to tell of His loving kindness. We're only responsible to tell of His tender mercy. We're only responsible to tell of His righteousness. We're only responsible to tell of His faithfulness. And everything else is up to God. It's all up to God. Would you join me this year? Maybe today, giving your heart to Jesus for the first time. Maybe you're there sitting at home and you're watching us online or on television and you're one of those people that have so given up on church but not on God and you're looking for a place to plug in. Would you join me in getting back in the fight and putting in the horizontal view, I mean the vertical view and not horizontal that God would move in your life. Would you join me in making a commitment to telling telling the old old because it will be the thing in glory Father speak to our hearts Lord I'm so thankful that you've just laid this on my heart And the pastors of this church's heart it's only our responsibility to share it but Lord I pray you'd stir in this body I pray that you would Lord have us hungering and thirsting for you seeking you All of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength, telling the story with every ounce of our being. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you stand to your feet, once you come today, let God have his way in your heart. Well today I found myself after searching all these years. So He wasn't at all who I thought he'd be you got? I was lost you when you me found in the me here I was broken beyond repair You came along and You sing your song over me Feels like I'm bored First time in my life. Well, I pray today that you won't take for granted what God's done for you or what He wants to do for you because His mercies are new every day. Would you join me in going into the world with a vertical view? looking unto Jesus don't plan your life by what's happening horizontally plan your life for what he's looking up because regardless of what happens he will still be faithful (laughs) we plotted our way all the way to old faithful we stood there waiting, getting a good spot. And just about the time, the geyser went up, the wind shifted. And it just blew all the hot steam my way. And I thought, well, I can't even see the top of it for the clouds. I want you to know, no matter what you think is happening in your life, no matter what changes, He is faithful. He is faithful. Amen. Would you join us this year in making a difference? I double dog dare you to try. I tell you what I'll do. If you come and you find a spot you're not comfortable in, loving the unloved world, we'll give you your money back To come back, you say, Preacher, I hated that. It was terrible. Man, I hated writing that letter. I hated praying. I hated making that phone call. I hated knocking on those doors. You hate it, you don't ever have to come back. You check it, scratch a line through it. Amen. But don't scratch a line through it without trying. Because it's not that we love God, but that He first loved us. Would you love somebody before they ever love you this year? We have it to close. Father God, thank you for your word this morning. Our prayer this week is that you would convict our